Welcome back to Queer and Art Podcast. I'm your host, Frankie Kraft. I am stoked about my next guest. She is a mover and a shaker, and she's so young, but she's done so much in her career already, and she's just going to keep going up and up and up and taking over the whole world and business. She is a very talented writer and creator and queer person, and I am so excited for you guys to hear my convo with my good friend, writer Julia Bicknell. trickle trickle in the background it's because i'm sicking in my good friend julia bicknell's house in the hills and if you hear another little trickle trickle tap tap that's our guest star um her beautiful puppy dog mr g so you He'll know always be a puppy to me we're serving atmosphere we're serving environment we're serving realness um i'm not even going to apologize <laughs> please don't um okay so i first want to say Julia, I have known you for I don't know how many years a while. Oh my god, so many. Yeah. So many years. Yeah. Um I'm sure the people listening to this podcast are like sick of me like t- just being like I love this person so much, <laughs> but I truly admire you, love you, care about your feelings and your thoughts. Y'all, I met Okay, I'm just going to fucking go. <laughs> yeah, but tell them. I'm just going to go. Okay, so I met Julia oh, no. a long time ago at through my little sister actually. And she, my little sister told me uh, how boss you were. <laughs> and I was like, you know, an older brother thinking, you know, like, okay, whatever, little sister. But, uh, as time went on and, um, you know, got to know you better, I just learned so much about you. And you have been tackling your career and your life. <laughs> I don't think you've let a moment pass you by. I mean, it is really admirable. Um, Thanks, Frank. I kind of want to talk to you about how all of this happened for you. Um, would you yeah. actually tell yeah. everybody what you do, who you are? Oh, yes. Well, I'm upset that you didn't mention that the first time we actually met, Uh-oh. I was throwing up on your balcony <laughs> after your sister <laughs> gave me a joint oh that I was God. not prepared for. I'm obsessed with that. Yeah, I, for- um, I didn't forget. <laughs> Just a little, little fun fact. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, that's no. how close we are, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so um, what was the question? <laughs> I want people because I could be like Julia does this and this oh, and that, oh, but oh, I yeah. want you to say it. Um, okay, so I'm Julia. I'm an Aries. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know what that means. Don't ask me anything oh, about yeah, it. Yeah, well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But yeah, so I'm a TV writer. I write for 13 Reasons Why on Netflix. Um, that comedy on Netflix. Oh, oh um, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I... Uh, yeah, I just always wanted to be a TV writer. When I was like a kid, I didn't really have, you know, one of the things that we've talked about a lot, just like I was closeted. I knew I was gay really young and I didn't really know how to deal with that. And I had really bad anxiety and depression separate from that, but also probably a lot of it because of that. Um, so TV was sort of like where my friends, where I'd find like kind of solace and my friends would be like, I'd come home and sit so there. So Julia is from the Northwest. Oh, I'm right? so bad at this. Yeah. No, you're not. You're doing it. I was like, okay, yeah, let's talk yeah. about where you're from. Cause it's, it's, I want to know what, yeah. what that was like. Oh my God. This is so crazy. So everyone knows. So I'm from like this town called Sammamish. Yes. <laughs> Sammamish Henny. Welcome to the um, States of Sammamish. Yes. <laughs> um, it's like 30 minutes from Seattle, which like, now, like looking back, you're like Seattle is the most liberal, gayest, queerest place. Yeah. But where Sammamish was was sort of like this suburban pocket of like conservative unrealness, mm-hmm. <laughs> where like our high school was situated around four churches, and my parents and I and my brother, we were like a church-going family. Went every Sunday. I would like sing in the youth worship band, and they were also musical. Th- we were a musical theater family, so it was like. It was always accepting and a loving home, but church was, like, very different, and I didn't really understand, like, there was a lot of, like, homophobia in that way that wasn't, like, you're going to die, but, like, this isn't a correct way to live your life, you Mm -hmm. know? And then there was a lot of, like, gender roles in the church where it was very, like, girls like pink, boys like blue, that type of thing. And so then I go to school, and it's the same thing, and, like, the gay kids at school that, like... I mean, are now gay. I say that now, but you know, you could assume, which is an unfortunate thing that we used to do when we were, before we were educated. Well, yeah. (laughs) But like the, the one boy that was like, everyone made fun of him. It was like a huge thing. They would spread rumors. Like he tried to kiss me when I was in fourth grade or something like that. So it was very like an unsafe thing or the, the LGBT clubs, what was it called? Like P flag or something. I don't remember. Like something like that. Gay straight alliance. Yeah. Yeah. We're always like these, like. I judged them and I shouldn't have, but that thing of like, these are like the weirdest girls with like kind of greasy hair and like didn't really, and I didn't understand it. And like, I was a weirdo girl with greasy hair. Like I had bad, dep- I wasn't showering for like weeks <laughs> at a time. Like I was a depressed kid, you know? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> but like, it just wasn't safe. It didn't feel right. And I feel like I, I knew like when I was around 10 and like, couldn't stop watching Rizzo saying there are worse things I could was do. Was that like your... That was like huge. Yeah. So, okay. So is that Halle Berry and the Flintstones? Okay. Yeah. Because I just, I will, I almost wanted to, I almost cried thinking that Shangela wasn't going to like do a version of drag Halle Berry on, on in the Flintstones Wait, and RuPaul. She should have. Doesn't she? I know. Listen, Shangela, <laughs> if you're listening. any Halle Berry. I know. It would have been cool. That would have been a great would have been great. Um, but yeah, so that, that one, and then, uh, Uma Thurman is Poison Ivy in Batman and Robin. Cause I could not, I, I my the gay same heart one. grew so many sizes. There's something like very queer. Maybe it was just like a general queer thing. Maybe just like the, the, the sexuality in it. Yeah. There was like, yeah. She like oozed yeah. like sexuality. And then like later on, I found out that she's like super queer in the comics. So I was like, maybe, really? I was like, maybe I coded that in a way. Like Harry Potter, cool, like adaptation. <laughs> I mean, like a poison. That's what like I want to do. Queer poison ivy. She dates Harley Quinn. That's why when the Margot Robbie news broke that she was making a Harley Quinn movie, I was like, 
is she going to break up with the Joker and start dating Poison Ivy? Okay, take notes, Hollywood. I know. Like, that is the movie I want to see. Can we please? Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so... God, I don't even know where I'm going with this. Basically, I was just really gay, really really young. I kind of knew it, but you don't really... You know that thing that happens when you're gay where you're sort of, like, growing up, even if you're... You know it's like you feel like you can't live... Like, you, you're not yourself. You're just not yourself, mm-hmm. and you feel like you're kind of losing all of your adolescence. Like, there's just years that you feel like you've lost, and, and you have to, like, hit puberty when you come out of the closet later. What was it? No, something I'm curious yeah. about is with whoever with everyone I'm speaking to is yeah. like that moment of because uh, I think it's a lot different now you know being yeah. a young uh, identifying yourself younger as yeah. being queer gay lesbian bisexual transgender yeah. plus and how that's not so much of a, a, a hurdle to jump anymore this is my assumption in in yeah. certain areas of the of the country, yeah, absolutely, definitely, it's easier for some kids to. You hear more and more these days that it's not. It oh no, coming out wasn't a thing. I came out when I was ten. Yeah, you know, and you're, like my that. parents immediately were. Yeah, and it, it's just accepted, yeah. and then that environment allows those children to be the creative beings that they yeah, are. Yeah, and flourish in a way that, like, I think a lot of us from an older generation, like, were not. Yeah, able to do. I yeah, think. And, and it's amazing. It's amazing for sure. But it's, it's so interesting. So amazing. And, yeah. and they're some completely supported. And and I I mean I'll I'll quickly say that yeah. like, uh, you know I felt like as an artist a young closeted queer artist I wasn't a closeted artist but I was a queer artist. Yeah. And it was hard for me to fully uh, express myself through what I was creating because I, there was always this nervousness that oh yeah. shit. They're going to see my I can't my be gayness. too gay. I can't be, yeah. You know, and then that's going to get in the way of them taking me seriously. Yeah. What was that battle for you? Um, if, the, if there was one. Well, definitely in high school, like, I would, like, I would, like, sneak home at lunch to, like, I always joke, like, my best friends would sneak home to have sex with their boyfriends, and uh-huh. I would sneak home to watch The L Word. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, um, and it was... Probably not alone there. I mean, no, I feel like that was such an awakening, and it was so... No shade to the L word, but it was very, like, very, most of the time for straight men. Right. And so it felt like you kind of, I didn't really have even that. It was hard for me to be like, well, who am I in this cast? Because everyone's sort of super skinny, and what do I have to be? Do I have to look like that to do this? And um, for me, it was sort of like, in my head and in my writing that I would do when I should have been paying attention in class, was always, like, girls that maybe liked girls, but I would also push a bunch of like straight people. Like I would always be like, there's like straight people are the leads, the leads don't, don't worry. It's still a straight show. You know, Mm. even when I was like 16 and I was doing that privately. And then like in school, like even with my friends, I was like throwing around the word dyke. Like it meant nothing. Like I just was trying to distance myself from anyone ever thinking that I could be gay. Mm -hmm. And so I like would use the worst words that you could use for gay people. And I was a theater kid. Like I felt horrible saying these things, but I knew at school, like you were saying it to other people, to other people. Yeah. I mean, I was never, never in theater, (laughs) but like at the school I would, I mean, I wouldn't call people that, but I would just say that when talking about gay people, I would be like that dyke. She, she looks dykey, you know? Cause I didn't want anyone to think, that just because I never, like, had a boyfriend, except for, like, one that I tried really hard to be with, you know, like, I just didn't, I needed to distance myself from that, and then when I got to college, I, like, immediately, I was like, hey, New York, I'm a lesbian, <laughs> beach, like, I was yeah. like, so, and I just, like, from then on, I, like, gay, lesbians were always in anything I wrote, always, yeah. like, but it was so hard for me, because I didn't have, like, an adolescence of, like, a coming-of-age thing for myself, because I had to watch all my friends go through 
puberty and heartbreak and everything that launched them into adulthood. Like I didn't get that. So I made, so I just had like an amazing college experience, but I felt so left behind. Mm -hmm. Like I felt like I was so coming late to this party that I like didn't know what was going on. So every time I was trying to write something that was gay, it was sort of like, I haven't lived this. Everyone else got to live having crushes growing up and I didn't get to do this. So it was really hard to like, there's a lot of part of me too, that because there wasn't really anything for lesbians, Mm -hmm. Which I'm sure you probably agree with too, just as a gay man. Like, there's not. Yeah, I want to ask you about anything. That. We could go in. Yeah, because. I mean, that's <laughs> that's something that I think I need to hear. People need to hear um, is the frustration yeah. about it, and uh, I, I don't even know. I don't want to even throw my gay privilege. Oh my you know, god! Because I do complain about Listen. it a lot. I do complain Listen, about the representation that's why I love of gay you. men and all yeah. that stuff. I'm an advocate and ally with all my other, you know, LBTQ yeah. plusers too. Yeah. And it's just, you know, I don't, I, where, where you at? Give it to me. Okay. So here's my big issue. And this started in college was like, like I said about the L word, it felt very like overly sexualized for the women. And at, at, on the one hand, I, I mean, there was one character I could identify with because I was going through gender dysmorphia and I, I didn't know really how I wanted to identify it and feel like a, a cis boy, like I, cis boys doesn't make, but you know what I mean? I didn't feel like a boy. I didn't feel like a cis woman. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I was doing. And there was this girl, Shane on the L word that like didn't dress like the typical cis girl would dress. And right. she was the only lesbian that didn't, that wore like suits and like didn't wear bras. And I was like, this is, this is what I want to look like. And I have to look like this or, and she, all the girls want her. So I want to be that because right. I hadn't had any of that. And I like, like my, I had a bad eating disorder because of it. I just had like, it was like, that was the only representation I had. And it was not positive. It was not great because it was so sexualized. And then I like try and go down the rabbit hole, which I'm sure you have like the LGBT sections of like Netflix or like Hollywood video or blockbuster. Yeah, same. Yeah. And I got to say, I'm like real disappointed. Hell yeah. Because like all of it is about, all of it is most, mostly from, I'll talk about from queer girls, like, point of view, which are the better movies, but just like most of the ones, the ones that we've gotten like recently are all from men, mm-hmm. even if they're gay men. And I mean this in the nicest way. It's like, there, there's just going to be a thing behind the camera. That's not, it's more than a male gaze. It's like trying really hard to make like a sex scene, a sex, like it, it just, it, it feels like, like blue is the warmest color mm-hmm. is the, I mean the worst example of uh, best example of the worst example, you know, yeah. where it's just sort of like this like nine minute sex scene where they're not doing anything that I've ever seen, like ever seen. And uh-huh. then the director, they do this all the time. Directors say this thing where it's just like, we just want it, you know, it's her first sexual experience with a girl. So we just wanted to be like exactly how it is. You know, like I wanted it to be raw and rough. It's like that, that's not how it is. Like that's not, I mean, sure. Sometimes for sure. Sometimes it can be, okay. that's not how it is. And like that. And then there's like, you know, even with things like Carol and God, there's more, are there any other ones? <laughs> yeah, I totally forgot like, about Carol, but Carol is a, is, must be a frustrating film. Carol was so frustrating yeah. because like, I don't mean, it, it just felt like stiff and cold mm-hmm. because it was like not made by a woman. And I know, and it, I mean, please, what were you going to say? Because I'm sure you're going to say something similar. No, I'm not. I mean, I really, I don't know. Keep going. It was just cold. And like, I didn't believe them together. And like, they're both good actresses. Like, I mean, they're straight. So obviously there's a, they're not going to be able to tap into what happens when you fall in love with a woman. But like the, 
I'm just trying to think of like any other like there's this new movie coming out Disobedience right Mm -hmm. with Rachel McAdams and Rachel Weisz and they like used to be lovers or something like that. Right, right, right. And there's this pattern I keep seeing where in reviews of these movies, there's like paragraphs of whatever reviewer, male or female, going in depth into the sex scene in that movie. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, why? Why does this matter? Like apparently in Disobedience, like one of them spits into the other one's mouth and they like did this whole, every review I was reading about it, that was the headline, that was the thing. And I'm like, I'm sure there are so many lesbians that are into that stuff. So I don't want to, like, not kink shaming, whatever. That's totally fine. But I, I just wish that at so, what, for once in my life could I see some type of sex scene that wasn't like, let's just make this the craziest thing we could ever see with two women. Yeah. Like, and, the, and again, that guy was trying to justify it about the, their past and everything. And I haven't seen that movie, so maybe I'm totally wrong and it's a whole thing. But sure. I just feel like there's this intersection with, between, like, homophobia and sexism where people that people don't understand like that that maybe even is different for gay men just in the sense that like we are lesbians and women so we're already sexualized as women and then with lesbians it's like two women who were sexualized making out and it just feels so for men in so many of these movies like the only one i'm thinking of that i really love that was taken seriously like not a comedy like but i'm a cheerleader is like a perfect movie to me (laughs) it's like amazing and actually is quite but it's also Correct. that movie also campy. says it's satire. Totally, too, right? totally. Yeah, it's campy. It's so fun. Campy is the word. But probably. like, well, yeah, but that too. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like, Pariah by Dee Reese yes. is my favorite queer movie uh-huh. ever. Closely followed by Moonlight, <laughs> but yeah. like, Pariah. Underrated too. Underrated. Like no, no one really saw it. And for me, I related to that it's movie on so much. Watch it's it. on Netflix. Yeah. Please watch it. Dee Reese, greatest director of all time. Yeah, Dee Reese <laughs> made that movie. She's guys. amazing. But that I think that's the thing is that like you needed that. Dee Reese is a black queer woman mm-hmm. and Pariah is about a black queer young woman. And that, that authenticity and that voice speaks to everyone. It's just, it's, it spoke to me. I like, I'm, I'm a white girl. Like there's stuff that I'm not going to understand about the intersection between racism, sexism, and homophobia right. point blank. But in that movie, I related to that girl's struggle so much when she's first kissing that, the girl that she likes, like just that idea and like the power in it and mm-hmm. the, feelings and like the heat that isn't sexual it's just like oh my god this is what it's supposed to feel like yeah that so many straight male directors don't get i don't know i feel like just ranted there's just i'm I'm letting you go but i mean please yeah i just want to emphasize and underline you know and and, you know highlight the fact that it is so important to have people i'm allowed i feel like you are allowed to fucking go right now just because you (laughs) are out there working to change this working to trying you are doing a great job i know it's gonna happen you're one of those <laughs> people i have me. an intuition i know it's gonna happen <laughs> I um love you. but you know that's the, so you're you you yes i believe in you <laughs> and i believe everything you're saying and, and i think that that's really like a tough uh the line the gray area within what we're talking about is you know people are allowed to create things that mean something to them on a deep level. Totally. And, you know, I'm not going to go into specifically the, the right, the things that they are, but you know, let's say a queer, a gay man can, if he feels identified, if he feels it's important to make a movie about a lesbian relationship and it means something to him and he wants to say that fabulous, wonderful. Right. And that he does not need to speak more on that. You know, creating that is as much I think that he needs to do. And we're going to interpret that as we want to interpret that. That's one thing. Yeah. Now, this authenticity thing that you're talking about, which I completely am on board with you about, 
is something that is is a direction that we really need to move more towards in all aspects of art. And that is something that I think we've disregarded and something that we've just kind of not paid attention to in the past because it's always just been about, what's the word? Money. Yeah. Everything about yep. that, everything that's being made is about money. At the end of the day, I, I always it always comes down to mm-hmm. they had to compromise for something. You know, they couldn't get the deal, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah. Yeah, so yeah. all of these things get compromised and that the authenticity level goes down. And that must be really difficult for a lot of creators and people who are given that shot, you know. And they, I, I, kn- I, I don't think like Todd Haynes and D. Reese, all these people who are yeah. making things, are not thinking about those. Right, things. exactly. Like they yeah. definitely are. They right? totally are. Um, but you know, it's if if we're not going to be. Uh, if the directors and the people acting in it and, the, and the the people who are creating it aren't, uh, or I know, yeah. right? I'm She's so on mad. Board. She's on board. <laughs> um, you know, if you're not, if those people are not given the voices in the platform for whatever reason is, when are they? And, and how yeah. are they going to, yeah. how are we going to, uh, have those role models in the future? That's yeah. the thing that worries me, you know? Yeah. Especially if they're not allowed to, because of money, make the things that they want to make. I, which is ridiculous. I know. <laughs> Which is absolutely ridiculous. You see people on reality TV all the time. I know. Being successful. What was it? Uh, I feel like I just heard a podcast with um, Ross Matthews. I, I watched mm-hmm. Celebrity Big Brother. Yeah. And, He's I'm a great a, um, guest judge. He's always a good judge on RuPaul, too. He's he, funny. You know, he was the front runner to win Celebrity Big Brother. And that's a, that's a show that's on CBS, <laughs> and which is CBS is probably the biggest uh, yeah. you know network in like you know the middle of the country. Totally, to lots lots of white, lots of straight, a lot of different yeah. minded people. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he got that far and was probably yeah. the fa- he won the fan favorite of the season. Yeah. And, I mean, who knows if that stuff stuff is rigged? I don't know. But the fact that that happened, I'm like, dude, that was like a month ago. Yeah. Well, how could you tell me that, you know, a pudgy, femi, you know, <laughs> funny guy isn't likable and popular Yeah, to America? Doesn't like, appeal and to the masses. Argument, and also that people wouldn't be able to relate to him either way. Like, that's my whole thing. It's absolutely. so crazy. It's like, you can relate to a human. Right. Like, that's the thing. Like... I don't want to say like, love is love is love is love, you know, like, cause there's obviously so many intersections that go into that, right. of course. Like, but there is a way, like so many people can relate to Ross Matthews just, yeah, okay. and also love him and admire him and not fetishize him for being a gay outspoken man, but just they can love him. It's okay too. Julia. Yeah. What was, <laughs> what was your first like entrance into the business? Um, I guess probably when I, I interned at Bravo for like a year when I was at NYU and I was just like an intern in the programming department and I got to like watch all of the like Real Housewives episodes and Top Chef episodes Uh and pretend I knew like what shows would do well for them and record the ratings and stuff. Um, And it was kind of, it was interesting to see like the things that people, that like popped to people and everything and like the stuff that like I loved on Bravo, like when it would do well and where it would do well was really cool. Like my favorite I don't really watch Real Houses anymore, but my favorite was always Atlanta. Like, so it, was, it, it, it was amazing. It was wonderful and funny, and they actually had something to say, and they all yeah. had, like, really cool jobs. I don't know. I really liked it. Yeah, yeah. They were super funny. I um, love all of them. So. I love all of them. But, yeah, I mean, it was an interesting... I want, I once tripped Andy Cohen oh, yeah. on, like, I think maybe my first day, 
And I felt so bad because I was like, well, here we go. I'm going to get fired. I mean... But he was nice about it. Especially during that time, if I am correct on the timing. Yeah. It was really... I mean, I used to consider Bravo like the, the gay channel. Yeah. The gay network. It was interesting. Like, I feel like... Did you really see that? Did I didn't you feel- really see it. Yeah, no. That's the thing. I feel like bad saying that, but <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't. I didn't really see anything that was like super gay, other than just like you know we have gay icons that are straight women on mm. those shows, which I still am not sure. I, just, I don't know. Whatever. But like I, I don't know. Yeah, I didn't really. It was an interesting thing because I kind of, I didn't really know about logo when I was at Bravo oh, and that yeah. type of thing, you know? So sort of like thinking about, I feel like I don't know what to say about Bravo because okay. it feels like... It's fine. I didn't really have a gay experience there. So from from after being an intern, yeah. what was like your next move? Okay. I graduated. Mm-hmm. And then when I moved out here, I got a job at like an indie film distribution company that was like very nice and fun and very good people. Um, and then from there I got, uh, I started working at a management company and that was kind of where I sort of saw the inner workings of like... What goes into the rewrite of scripts, what you don't put in scripts, like why, when people actually would call out, hey, that joke is racist, you cannot put that in a script, you know? Mm-hmm. And the, I mean, those those were things that I noticed a lot. And it was sort of like, can we, can we take this joke out? Yeah. <laughs> like, why are you writing this way? And then I just kind of noticed there were like no gay people. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there were gay assistants. I'm gay. You know, there were gay assistants. There were gay people on, on the come up. <laughs> hey. Honey. There were... Um, there were gay assistants, there were gay people, like, young gay people working there, but, like, you know, it was hard to get scripts in that were, like, so extraordinarily straight, and things that you'd seen so many times before, and you're sort of, like, sitting there being like, great, I'm 22, I have no credits, I can't do anything to change, if you feel powerless, because you're sort of like, you can't do anything to change anything until you have an agent, but you can't get an agent until you write a thing, and then you're worried that if you write... And then you're worried that if you write something that's gay, people are going to be like, you can't make it. Yeah. So you kind of get kind of beaten down about it. I mean, I had wonderful people in my life being like, just write it anyway. Just write it anyway. It's going to be fine. Yeah. But it just felt like it was a, it was a very strange, like, it was just a strange time because you, you just notice everything. You hear all the stories that, you know, the Me Too movement and Time's Up, like all those stories, I heard them immediately the, within right. the first two months, like who you avoid, who, right. who does what. It was a strange... It's a strange thing, mm-hmm. but. And then you, <laughs> so from, you were an assistant there. Yeah, assistant there. And then I left to be a writer's assistant to a woman that had an overall deal at CBS. So that means just like she, she writes and develops with them. They can sell kind of everywhere, I think. Um, and that was great just like to, I had more time to write. And I just kind of, at that point it was sort of like, fuck it. Like, I just mm-hmm. want to write what I'm going to write. And like the, one of the first things that I finished and wrote was just like this, show one of the, about three sisters that um, end up running their mom's animal therapy farm kind of like six feet under after uh-huh. she dies. Um, I'm not as good as six feet under, but <laughs> that type of idea, like that funny kind of dark tone. Yeah. Um, and one of the sisters was gay. Like it was sort of like a no brainer that that was going to be what it was going to be. And uh, I kind of, after that, I was sort of just like kept writing and never really looked back. I tried to write straight people and there's just, I don't, I, they're so boring. I, yeah. <laughs> no offense <laughs> to listeners, but it's just sort of like, I've seen all your stories. Like I, there is not going to be a story that a straight person tells me or a movie or a TV show that I ha- literally have not seen before. Yeah. And that's why there's something about like, like I'm writing this like lesbian romantic comedy right now. And I'm like, this might probably never get made, but like I'm having so much fun because I'm taking all of the tropes that were yeah. never given to me. 
and just like turning them on their head and making them gay. And yeah. it's like so fun, but it feels gay. Cause it's like from that perspective. Yeah. I don't know, just to bring it around to no, what you're talking about. No, I um, I would like to ask you about yeah. um, how you write certain voices, you know? Mm-hmm. You mentioned it, writing, like, straight people. And, yeah. like, I, <laughs> like, uh, like, I was just thinking about this idea about this, this thing I wanted to write. Yeah. And one of the characters is Muslim. Mm-hmm. And I would have to, you know, do a ton of research yeah. and have to figure out, you just know, do the a lot voices of, of those do a people. Lot of, yeah. and, and those that family and you know based on the story I have it. Yeah. That whole idea feels daunting and it, <laughs> it it's not for me to to write. So I I haven't right. written it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where are you at, you know, with that? With that. I also, you know, as we're talking about all these men writing for uh, yeah. lesbian characters yeah. and the authenticity, I wonder what's your process? Like cuz I know that you're not just writing one voice. Right. Um well, as far as like writing as white people, as far as writing, I mean, I don't know if we should even have opinions on this. I don't know. But it's 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 the uh, the idea that like for me, I firmly believe, especially as like a white gay person, like just shut up and listen. Yeah. Like there's there there, we're never going to understand how 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 many uh, label isn't the right word. How many how many burdens we as white people have put on people that deal with so many different identities. Mm -hmm. We're never going to understand that. So for me, it's sort of like if I, I mean, I always, my, whenever I write, I always make sure to like, there's like, I told you, there's like always just like one white person in like like, (laughs) everything I write. But like, uh, because I just, I feel like I'm white and I'm, I'm going to write myself into stuff anyway, not as an actor, but like just my own, because I'm a narcissist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But also just like, because I, I mean, this is going to sound so white to say, but because like my friend group is not white, it's not all white. Yeah. So like, it doesn't make sense for me to write shit that I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and like my friend group is the most b- beautiful friend group that I've ever, I mean, they're my people, they're my family. And so it just feels stupid that like, again, going back to the representation we have, that there are so many, even the lesbians we have on TV and movies are predominantly white mm-hmm. and very femmy and very skinny and like not, what I, what my friends look like. And it makes no sense. It just feels unfair for me to have the things that I have anyway, even the small amount of it that we have, it's still like a big amount on TV. And then my friends get nothing like that makes no sense to me. So for me, I just, I'm like, I'm just going to shut up and listen to my friends that are from even more marginalized communities than just being gay. It's like, you know, if you're black and gay, that's a whole different, and a woman, that's a whole different story than me being white, gay, and like a girl who also uses they, them pronouns, you know? And Mm -hmm. it just feels like, like with your Muslim character, it's just like, you know, you just listen, you just mm-hmm. listen to what, what people are saying, what their hearts are saying, what their souls are saying, what they feel like. Cause I think that that's, I mean, that's the only way I think you can start. And then also, you know, ask, <laughs> asking questions and reading and everything. I'm just educating yourself, but like, that's how I, that's how I kind of tackle it. And also I just kind of like ask my friends, Hey, you guys, we had that really funny conversation about like Mariah Carey. Can I just put that in a thing? And then like, (laughs) I just asked them, (laughs) but like, yeah. So, I mean, I think my process, I guess that was your next question, right? Yeah. Um, but process wise, like care, I always get like characters come first. I think in my brain, I just have like, um, that and I guess in the rom-com that I'm writing, one character is straight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, I have straight friends. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess that's kind of how it is. But I feel like there's just sort of like I try and 
there's just a care. There's always going to be just like people floating around in my brain that I want to write. And then I'll just like take a minute and be like, where can I put them? And then I'll write an outline. And then if I get that in a good place, it's just a feeling that's so shitty and cliche, but there's just like this feeling when you like, you're like, okay, I think this is ready now. I can do this. And then I'll just start, open up a final draft thing and start writing. But my outlines are bullshit. They're, like, so bad. I mean, I'm just, like, fascinated by (laughs) writer's process in general. Oh, man, uh, I wish I had, like, a fun one. But it's really just, like, outline with sentences by a beat. And then I'm like, well, maybe this will be good. And then start writing. (laughs) I don't even think it's, I could, no one, anyone can judge a process of a writer. Just because we all do it so differently. And, you know, you could write something that takes you two days and it could be a masterpiece or it could take you five years, five years. Yeah. 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 I mean, totally. Thinking about like Jordan Peele's, you know, the greatest movie of all time, you know, that like should how, have one best picture. But how inspiring is that? <laughs> yeah. You know, that he, he stopped writing that 20 times. You I know. know? Like yeah. That, just hearing that made me go like, wow. That made me feel so much better. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I was like, Oh my God. He but just that's won a freaking Oscar. I know. Also like for one of the most important scripts of the last yeah, probably hundred years. The greatest scripts of all time. Yeah. And like, he almost gave up. Like he was like, yeah. I got to put this down. I got to put this down. And that for me, like that inspired me so much. And like, also just made me feel like, less feel like shit (laughs) because I was like right it's okay to put shit down like if you're not if you're like I don't I don't know what I'm doing I gotta put this down right and I feel like a lot of writers could use that well I responsibly instead of being like yeah I, I really identify with feeling like what not to like be conceited or self-serving, but like no, please. I, whatever I am working on writing mm-hmm. wise or whatever, creatively, it's really important to me and yeah. I can't just half-ass it. And I, I want it to yeah, be fucking fabulous and sure. great and yeah. move people and affect people. And sometimes that takes a long time. And sometimes I write something and I think, Oh my God, it was so good. And then I'll <laughs> go back to it maybe like a month later and be like, ugh. You Girl, know, you're telling me. I'm sure you must deal with that all yeah. the time. Yeah. Oh my god. I mean, not just when like I get really high at like 2 a.m. and I'm like, oh my god, I figured this scene out. And then on I wake weed. up and I'm like, on, on weed, marijuana. on weed, on marijuana, on marijuana, um, on all that the meth. earth, <laughs> yeah, on all that meth. When I when I do my meth at 2 a.m. Um, no, uh, yeah. I mean, those days when I like get super stoned, I'm like, I bet I could write really well when I'm high. And yeah. then I like think I've solved every problem, and I wake up the next morning and it's just like a bunch of ellipses. Yeah. <laughs> like, what is this? But no, I mean, I think I write better when I'm high too. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't worry. No, or when I'm drunk. But I'm just the, I get like those weird ideas. That oh I, yeah, that for I don't sure. think about when I'm not stoned. Not I mean, that exactly. Like you know, you should not. Yeah, you, that, be, but. you are good. A good writer, sober or not sober. It's, a process, it's a process, y'all. Choose um, it. And uh, yeah, no, I mean, I feel like I feel. I don't think I feel like anything. <laughs> This is going to sound so pretentious. I don't feel like anything I write is good enough. Like, I don't think it's ever... But I think that there's... Like, like for me, my whole goal is just, like, the next thing, I just want it to be better than the last thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the easier... The easiest way for me to handle it... Like, I said, I have really bad anxiety, so, like, I don't really sleep when I'm writing something because I'm like, well, this could have been better. Why didn't I do this today? Why didn't I do this? And for me, it's sort of just, like, the goal is just to make the next draft a little bit better than the last draft. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that that's what helps me the most because if not, like, I would put so much pressure on myself... To like, like with this rom-com I'm writing, it feels like all I want wanted my whole life was a lesbian rom-com. So yes. like I kept putting, not the, to say that this will ever get made, but just the idea that like I want to make it perfect because it's like this is the one I wanted. This is the one I needed. This is the one that would make me feel less alone. And so like I wrote this thing and I've been writing it for like the last month and it's sort of like 
is this right? Is this correct? Is this the best way to do it? Is this the right character? Is this the right thing? Like, is this the right way in? And it's sort of like, it just has to be a thing that you like, like just that you like and that you're proud of. And that is better than the last movie you wrote. Mm -hmm. And so I think like, it's almost there. (laughs) Maybe. But I, I think, yeah, I think just like not, you know, going in, not feeling like you have to save the world every time. That's a good thing. To you know what I mean? When you're going into it. Especially for queer kids. I think that we, did you say, did you hear that? I said that I was a kid. Yes. I'm just 15, honey. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that it's a harder thing for us because if anytime we're writing queer stories, it's like, we have to fucking get this right. Yeah. Cause like, there's nothing. I mean, it just, it's just, I mean, there's lots of things, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's just hard. I feel like we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to like try and represent everybody. And then everyone always has an opinion. So it's just like, why was that kid too twinky? And it's like, what are you talking about? There are twinks. I don't understand. It, unless you don't want to be identified as, well, yeah. as twinks. But it's just like that thing of like, that I don't understand why we're shading super femme gay men. Like, why, why is that a thing? You know? Yeah, I think, um, like, not to dredge on it, but I think that, you know, you, at the end of the day, even some of the actors who are queer, who are playing queer characters, yeah. um, for example, you know, like Jesse Tyler Ferguson, people mm-hmm. ragging on him when he first started that role. Right. I thought, that's so fucked up because... I'm I'm not I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt that this is actually a part of him. This is who he is. Like he's he's expressing something about himself here. Yeah. Um, who are you to say that this is like the representation? Of yeah, everything? I just yeah. It's a, it's a strange thing where it's just sort of like oh god, well everyone's gonna think we're all super super. Hey, I'm gay, bitch. Mm-hmm. You know, like that type of thing. Or like you know, with lesbians, it's very like anytime a butch is on screen, everyone wants to drag butches. I'm like, yeah. butches like set the stage for lesbians even being accepted. So like, please show them respect. Right. But it's just the idea that like having, having a gay person be only one thing. And then it's always boils down to their sexuality. And then you're, and then you being a gay person trying to write a thing and you're like, I don't want it to be this way, but sometimes I just want to be like, yeah, I'm gay. And that's a huge fucking important part of my life. Right. And it, it like literally is everything that I am. It's in everything that I am. Yeah. It's how I love my girlfriend. It's how I write. It's how I drink water with my gay hand. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, there's a part of me that's like, don't be too gay, but also like, what the fuck is too gay? You know? Like, nothing's too gay. Not in my world. Not in my, honey, not in my world. Um, yeah, no, I completely Not in my world. Um, so I want to talk about a couple more things. Please do. So. Feel free to edit any of this out. I feel like I've been so bad. No, you can make, I will, shut up. Um, okay, so. Yeah. First, I want to talk about, Mm -hmm. uh, 13 Reasons Why. Okay. You just finished yes. the second season. Second season. And finished shooting. We don't have an air date. I wish I could tell you. Um, I don't no. know. I mean, they, we probably do, but they don't tell me anything. Right. I'm sure it's coming within the year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it's safe to assume yeah. it's coming out this year. Yeah. Um, so that show has a lot of queer characters on it. Yeah. As well as queer actors who are in the show. True. Um, yeah. I don't know if that has anything to do with anything, but I... I think it brings like a light, nice... Realism. Yes. Yes. I don't know what the um, environment is like for a writer's room. Yeah. I've never been in one, but uh, you being a, you know, I'm a gay. A gay. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to label you or no, identify you. I am but, a gay. Listen. You know, what's that? Is that like what's the ratio there? What's also? Yeah. Your, what's that like? Yeah. Well, um. Also, you have an amazing tattoo. Thank you. Sorry. He's pointing to a banana and an egg and a watermelon <laughs> that I have tattooed on my arm because I'm gay. No. <laughs> um, uh, no, yeah. I mean, I think we lucked out with this writer's room, actually, because it was the kindest, like, most supportive writer's room. Like, I will sing that until... 
till the cows come home. Uh-huh. But just like, it was one of those ones where it's just like, if anyone started talking at the same time, it'd be like, no, 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 you go, you go, please. I'm so sorry. Like <laughs> so sweet and so kind. And I think you need that for this show because it does like, you know, I was, I always make the joke. It's a comedy. Like, you know, but it, it's not, it's a very serious show. I don't want to make light of that. Yeah. Um, but the, uh, yeah, the room was so supportive and like the, I was like gifted this amazing episode in first season. They were like, we want you to write the episode where Courtney comes out. And it, it felt like it was my first episode of TV. I was like, Oh my God, I get to write. I'm a lesbian getting to write this closeted lesbian story. And it felt really special. But our showrunner really understands what I'm going, like what I was going through. We were very, very clear, like at the beginning that we wanted the show to be as inclusive as it could possibly be and represent high schoolers now. I mean, like if you look at the high school shows that are on TV right now, no shade. Some of them are very good, but a lot of them are still like majority white. And if they do have kids that aren't white, they're kind of like pushed to the side and just sort of there to be like, look at what we've done. And I feel like we at least tried to service all of our characters no matter what. And I think that that, you know, it made me so proud to be on a show that had like four gay kid, like four gay characters. And it was like, when was that ever? You know, like I'd never seen, I mean, maybe on Glee, maybe on Glee, everyone ended up gay on Glee, I guess. Oh, that is kind of true, I guess. Wow. Everyone decided to be gay on that show. I don't know. Not decided. It's not a choice, but you know what I mean? Um, every writer decided to make every, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just really cool to be on such an inclusive show that wanted to like kind of let like the lesbian character kind of be a bitch. Like um. it's okay. Like, you, you know, like, <laughs> le- like I know lesbians that are assholes. I know gay men that are assholes. Like it's kind of cool to like be able to not just be like, Oh, I came out of the closet. It's like, no, sometimes you kind of hated Courtney. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, yeah, she's a bitch. So <laughs> and I kind of liked that. Was it like that? I'm curious about how, like, did they assign yeah. you that episode? Did someone say, okay, yeah, Julia should write that one. Or oh, they, like, yeah. They assigned the, Oh, I mean like, I think I think I probably said like how does that I, work? Uh, well, they they assigned. I mean, the showrunner went and uh, and then he he would come in the room and be like, "You're writing this one. You're writing this one." And I mean, they they were really sweet. I think they. I don't know, but I think maybe they. I mean, I'm sure I mentioned how much I <laughs> loved Courtney uh-huh. and how we were like talking about her in the room. Um, but I thought that was really whether purposeful or not. I'm pretty sure it was purposeful, just to be like, "Hi, we have a lesbian writer." Clearly, the not the best. I'm not saying I was the best writer in the room for it, but just like. Lesbian writer, lesbian episode. It felt really good to be, like, seen in that way. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, and then, like... Can you talk a little about what ha- happens in the episode? Oh, in, my, in the first season? Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, she, I've seen it, but I, I'm, you yeah, know... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Courtney is a lesbian. She has She's adopted. She has two dads. And she uh, is really, you know, one of the things that she does to hurt Hannah. You know, the whole show is about, about like, the things that... Hannah trying to tell these kids like this is the these are the things that you've done to me and I need you, I need you to learn from them so like this doesn't happen to another kid what's mm-hmm. happening to me and um, Courtney uh, just kind of like really treats her like shit like kind of pretends to be her friend and then ditches her and spreads rumors about her because she's so afraid that uh, she's gay she's mm-hmm. just afraid that she's gay and um, she doesn't want, and, and, you know, we were sort of like, well, it's, you know, it's 2017, it's 2018. Like, why is this girl, if she has two gay dads, like, what, what is this? And she's sort of just like, I didn't want to be the kid with two gay dads that has to now say I'm gay because of that stigma that is attached to so many gay parents where it's like, if you have gay parents, your kid's going to be gay. Totally. So she was so, and we talked about that at length in the room. Like, I really loved that idea. Like, I loved the idea that like, this girl's not coming out partially because you know, she's scared. She doesn't really know what's going on as 
most closeted, like, 17-year-olds. But the fact that, like, she was also looking out for her dads in that aspect and being, like, making sure that, like, I I loved that. I liked that that it wasn't just, she was just an asshole to Hannah because she was closeted. It was, like, she was an asshole for sure. Yeah. But it was, it had some bigger reasoning behind it. Yeah. Reasons. Reasons. One of the reasons. (laughs) Um, But, yeah. So it was really fun to kind of write that. So much stuff gets, you know, cut because I, like, always overwrite and everything. But there were, like, so many moments where I just wanted to, like, <laughs> write so many gay jokes and be like, could she just come out in flannel for, like, and they're like, it's the fifth episode. So yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, no, no, they didn't say that. But, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. It was so fun. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just kind of wanted people to know what that yeah. episode was about. Um, it was pretty gay. You should watch it. Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited <laughs> to see. I, I mean, I won't press you. No. I know. I, I feel like I'll be, someone's going to come in this house and kill me if I'm I say sure anything. But it's going to be good. It's going to be good. I'm dying to yeah, know yeah, yeah, yeah. what the next season could be. Totally. And I have friends on the show too. So I'm yeah, like, you do. they won't say anything either. So I'm like, God damn. Um, okay. So anyways. Yeah. Julia. Yes. And, and Mr. G's tapping Mr. feet. Mr. G's like, yeah. Um, so as we're kind of browning the bed, oh, yes. uh, oh my God, the puppy <laughs> just jumped on me. I love you so much. <laughs> Hold on. I'm going to have to say hi. Oh, so sweet. Oh my God. I know. I I'm obsessed him. with him. Hi, honey. He's hi, so cute. I'm going to ask mama one more thing. Can you come down here now? Can you come down here now? Oh my God. You smell like puppy. It makes me so happy. <laughs> Bye, honey. Later. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. So. Yes. You you are working on a lot. I mean, constantly. I'm always like so in admiration of your work ethic. Um, it's a lot of weed and wine, so <laughs> don't. Good to know. Yeah. Um, but in what what in in where do you what do you want to see happen? Like where? Because I have oh my opinions on for, but it's also like me, and I'm sure you've got that too. Yeah. Like I I definitely want to cause a lot of change but I, I, I'm curious about where you see everything going and what you hope for everything to be um I would hope that they would let more queer uh they by they I mean just like studio heads right. and media and the entertainment industry would let more like queer voices tell their stories and not just their own stories which I'm sure will be in a lot of the things that they want to write that we want to write but also just like let us tell like not queer centered stories from a queer perspective like I, I would love it for there just to be like you know Lena Waithe is doing something really cool like with that yes. that 20s show that's coming out on TBS that they just bought where it's sort of just like it's just the dating life of this queer girl and her straight friends like yeah. that's cool to me like it's not like this big grand coming out journey like not every movie has to be or a TV show that has a gay person has to be about them coming out I love that. I think it's amazing, and yeah. I think it's so needed still, even especially for kids not on the East Coast or West Coast. Yeah. But it's just like, we have so much more in us than, than that. We want to tell stories about falling in love. I want to see, like, a lesbian gangster. Like, I don't want... You know what I mean? Like, gangster, like, mob, like, The Sopranos. Yeah. Like, basically, just The Sopranos, but, like, gender-flipped, and yeah. all of them are gay. Yeah. That's what I'm working on right now. Does anyone want it? <laughs> um, but, uh, <laughs> no, but, like, you know, just, like... Stories from a queer perspective, even straight stories from a queer perspective, will have a whole different view. Interesting. Because, like, so much of us had to be straight yeah. growing up, so it's sort of like the, the male characters will be a lot probably more likable and understanding. Yeah. And I think that, like, because a lot of us gender-wise related, lesb- I'm speaking on behalf of all lesbians, I guess now, but related to men in romance movies yeah. rather than the women, if you're on more of the androgynous or butch side or either way. Right. Um, 
mask femme, all of that. But just like, there's a cool way to talk about gender, whether it's in a straight couple or not. So I would love to see that. And also just studio heads not being scared to cast gay actors. Yes. As the leads of things. Amen. And listeners of this podcast know that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So the other thing, you know, I was thinking about, um, I, Every time I say that, by the way, I'm thinking about that song. Do you want to be at that club? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're funny. Um, the something. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a stigma. Mm-hmm. I think, and I'm sure you agree. I'm not sure, but uh, casting straight people as straight people. I know. I know enough already. They won't let them. I know. Like, what? no one lets straight people do anything. Yeah. Um, no, the stigma yeah. about. Gay people and lesbians not living on the same oh planet. Oh my or god! Or you know, and I—I I mean, it's so strange. I'm very close with you, but I'm like, so, I have one of my best friends is a lesbian. Yes, so and also a dear, we, a dear old pal of yeah, mine. Yeah, like she is like so important to we we go out together. Yeah. We, we hang out a lot. She's like, like your sister. She's yeah, your sister. Yeah, like yeah. we're very very close and. um you don't see a. I mean, maybe I don't know. There's probably lots of gay guys who are very close with lesbians, but you don't really see that depicted a lot. No, in much. you don't. <laughs> and it's kind of confusing to me because yeah. we're separated in our stories, and yeah. I don't live that. And that's I don't live that either. That I've I've been thinking about you know like we really need like a buddy comedy of a you know gay what? and a lesbian person or <laughs> that's or a trans, all I do. and a trans person yeah because we do all hang out with each all, other we do we all, all have, have people in our friend groups that are the entirety of the LGBTQIA plus spectrum I do yeah. like there's just not it, yeah it's a strange thing because at some point like you know everyone wants to blame it on like inner what is it inner community fighting or whatever but right. I really think straight people were just like gay men don't like lesbians and lesbians don't like gay men because they're men like I think at some point some person said I mean what? I'm sure gay people said that too uh, did you watch straight. When We Rise that, was that, that the Dustin Lance Black one yeah no I didn't okay, was well, it good um, I mean oh <laughs> without naming names <laughs> yes it did bring up though that that conversation about you yeah. know when the gay liberation movement movement was like beginning yeah. you know after Stonewall, all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. happening. Um, Which trans women. Black yes, trans women. Black trans women, let's not forget to say Come that. Come on. But, you know, gay people g- getting lesbians to join them in the fight. And yeah. how there was, like, um, friction. Which that was so maybe, strange. like, the one, yeah. the one story that I've seen of gay people and lesbians kind of having relationships in in uh, something. Yeah. And that's what I gotta watch it now. Yeah, I well, haven't seen I mean, I've never seen that. But I, I do think that that's where it all kind of started. and But we've come, like, such a long way yeah. from that. But I do think that that still exists um, in our social... In, socially, because, yeah. you know, we have a lot of gay bars, right? But we don't but have, we have lesbian, no lesbian bars. bars. Which I do like that joke where it's just, like, because lesbians are, like, in bed at nine on Friday nights. Because, like, Loki, that's me. <laughs> but yes, 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 yes. High-key yes. girl. High-key, high you have not seen me in five months. Um... <laughs> But, but you know what I mean? Yeah, it's a strange I thing. Put that out there. I do. I agree with you. There is a strange thing that I feel like maybe it is the stereotype that we're always in bed at nine, 9 p.m. I don't really know because there's always like there's like one lesbian night on a Wednesday, which no one wants. I don't want to be hungover on Thursday. I have a half a week to go. Yeah. And it's like once a month. It's kind of Wednesday. rude. It's rude and like again, it's that th- it's sexist. It's that yeah. thing. It's like weirdly. I don't know if people think that lesbians don't want to party. It's like, if you knew the lesbians, we know lesbians that want to party. Right. So it's just sort of like a strange thing. And I'm, and I don't, I mean, I, I go, I mean, you know how I feel about WeHo. I 
don't let me help. No, but it's they, very loud. They have their nights, you know. They have their nights too. But it's just nights though, y'all. Nights. nights. We have a single night. Yeah. I don't even know when. Yeah. And I have lesbians reaching out to me, an 80-year-old and a 26-year-old body, being like, where's the lesbian nights? I'm like, honey, <laughs> I haven't gotten a lesbian night since I was 19. Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like, yeah, I, it's a strange thing because I really don't know what the root root cause of it is other than like I I mean I feel very preachy being like there is just this intersection of sexism and mm-hmm. queerness that I think yeah. that people don't really want to look at because we all still feel especially white queer people we all still feel like we're really oppressed right. and it's like sure we are but like come on you yeah. know we have a lot you That's know really coming to light though. it's really finally coming yeah. to light and I think that like the uh yeah, I don't know. That's so interesting. I really don't know. I, I think it needs like one thing to really hit that, yeah. like a broad city. Why wouldn't she? Yeah, broad city with like a gay guy like, and his lesbian friend. Like yeah. if difficult people, if Julie Klausner had been a dyke. Yeah, you know, or like Will <laughs> Grace, yeah. if she was a lesbian, I, that would make that show like 10 times Girls, more interesting. Wait a second. You know what I mean? What if Will and Grace, but both are gay? Yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe just what if Cagney and Lacey, but one's a guy and they're gay? Yeah. Why not just make Cagney and Lacey gay, by the way? They, they're rebooting it. <laughs> um, but like I know, don't reboot anything unless, unless it's gay. gay. <laughs> That's how I feel about it. Um, but like same. You know? Yeah, and if there's a white person in your reboot, make them gay. Yeah, maybe look at give that a second look. Please give it a second look. Don't just make them white and cis and straight. Um, but like, oh man, what a crazy question. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just like I just think it's time to like think about that. Just yeah. because like I know your 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 writing. You're go- not that you're. I don't know what you're writing, but you're <laughs> going to write some strong ass lesbian right. stories, queer right. stories, gay stories, all of mm-hmm. the spectrum. And I just think like, damn, Daniel, like it'd be yeah, nice yeah, to yeah. have like that too. I agree. So that's more of that going. Well, I will say the pilot that I can't talk about here, yeah, but yeah, the, one, yeah. <laughs> the one I told you about has that, and mm-hmm. so does the rom com, and so does the next pilot that I'm writing. Bravo. So there you go. But. I do think you're right in the sense that I actually didn't think about that, so I'm gonna have to like actually cool. go back and kind of I'm gonna fix some stuff. Well, if there, if I have any faith in humanity in the world, I know you're gonna get <laughs> this. this shit made. So I'm not worried Please. whatsoever. What are you getting? I'm getting my phone. Oh. Because oh, I. Oh no! Is this the question portion? This is the question portion. Woo! Okay. Are you ready? So you know, I I ask my like James Liptony. Oh, I didn't even bring up Titanic. I, I'm supposed to drop Titanic in every single episode. Oh, great! Because uh, Rose should be gay. Leonardo I... DiCaprio is a lesbian icon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in that movie, not now. I mean. Okay, great. So you agree? Yeah, I agree. Okay, so I, all, all I want to do is look like him. The the statistics show that that movie was a huge impact on our generation. I mean, that's all I gotta say. I it just is need to say that. Still iconic. And Kate Winslet, though. just watched... Well, she was one of my first crushes, too. But I just watched Titanic, like, three weeks ago. I still watch it. You know it's a great high movie. Oh, I'm sure. It fucks you... You get so scared with the water. It's, um... I just had my my drag birthday party, and I performed My Heart Will Go On. Did I miss your drag birthday party? Yeah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. Don't worry about it. What? Don't worry about it. I'm making Um, this up to you. I love you. No, you're... I love that you perform My Heart Will Go On, though, because, of course... It's like my love goes deep, you know? Yes. Okay, so before I run out of tape. Sorry. Because, you know, I'm recording on a little tape recording. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, to finish this off... Okay, Julia Bicknell, are you mm-hmm. ready? I'm ready. For these questions? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> what is your favorite word? <laughs> Probably love. Uh, good. <laughs> so it's, cheesy. It, like, don't think too hard, you know? Yeah. Least favorite word? Um... 
G. Sorry. No, it's fine. You can cut a little bit of this out, yeah. right? At least. Yeah. Um, least favorite word. I think whenever. Oh God, I don't have all the words that you can hurl at people as slurs. Okay. Can I say that? Yeah, I'm into that. Not I mean not into slurs, but yeah. Um, what inspires you most? Oh my God. Um, I don't have one, just one thing. I have my, my girlfriend, mm-hmm. my friends, mm-hmm. and the art that they make. And queer artists making art. I, I don't know. I feel like that's like a cop out, but like truly like that, it makes it gives me hope. Good. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite emotion? Love. <laughs> I believe you. Guys. I, 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 I think it's a... It's a shock that I haven't started crying on this podcast. No. Um, oh my God. Here you go. You might cry at this Oh one. boy. What turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? Oh my God. What if I just said love again? <laughs> um, no. Uh, my girlfriend and what she writes. Mm-hmm. The, my thing, the things my girlfriend writes. She makes me laugh so much. And... Oh my God, turn me on emotionally and creatively and spiritually. Yeah. Um, like what makes you feel like you need to write something? You know what? Um, right now it's those kids that are like leading our revolution. Totally. Emma Gonzalez. Like that's huge for me. Cause that's like, could you imagine no. if we had her wow. at 16, bald, Latinx, bi, Give her the outspoken. Nobel Peace Prize. I'm in. I'm in. I think she can Love get her. It. I'll write her movie. You want me to write your movie? I'll write your movie. Oh, I got the chills. <laughs> You're the perfect person to do that. I don't know if I'm the perfect person to do that. Um, at but least have something to do with it. I would love to. Okay, She's so great. She inspires me. What turns you off? Oh, God. I mean, racism, homophobia, sexism. And when Waze tells you to turn left when there's no light. Yo, I've been saying this for years. Don't use Waze. Waze is too slow. <laughs> no, girl. Waze what else am I supposed to use? Google Maps. Uh, <laughs> but no, I feel you on that. Yeah. Uh, okay, so if you could have dinner with any artist, oh living or dead, who would it be? Oh, my God. Any artist. Mm-hmm. Parsh- par- probably... Marsha P. Johnson, Mm. I think, because I just, I, I have so many questions for her. I just, I just want to, I would, if I could have one ounce of her bravery and confidence and like empathy, I would feel like I would be set for life. Mm -hmm. I just think that she's, I think she's the best of us. Yeah. Justice for Marsha. Justice for Marsha, honey. Um, and a better Netflix documentary. Yeah. Um, what do you want to be remembered for? I don't know. I guess I hope I'd be just rem- be remembered for, for hopefully being like kind to people. I think that would be enough mm-hmm. for me. I think. What is your favorite part? Again, so corny. I just feel no, like I can't. What if I should have been like the best romantic comedy ever? Like I can't say no. I don't. No. I don't. I don't believe that. I, I watched the Mr. Rogers documentary trailer yesterday, uh, and I was just like, y'all, it's just about kindness, y'all. Like <laughs> they've been saying this for years, y'all. Like, That's all it is. Like you could say you want to be remembered be for a piece a of art, to each but other. it's like just be kind. Yeah. Like that's the thing that's gonna 
I mean, look at Marsha. Like, it's the thing. You just have to have empathy. And then it's like... Absolutely. It's no. not that hard to be. It's really not. It's not hard. Just wake up and be like, you know what? Maybe smile at somebody. Even when you're being prosecuted and, and persecuted. Uh, yeah. And being, you know, lit, you know. Lit up for, for being who you are. Lit up for being who you are. Just Those, look at people like Marsha who were still I mean, kind. Jesus. Um, yeah. <clears throat> okay, Lead so. Lead with kindness, man. What is your favorite part about being queer? Everything. Um, everything. <laughs> that is in my bones, you know? Mm-hmm. What is queer? Love. Love. Love it. Yeah. Julia, thank you so much <laughs> thank for sitting you so with much. me and talking with me. Hope I, I didn't could, just give you a whole mess. No, I could talk to you. I mean, we've done this. We've caught <laughs> we've ourselves done just like sitting and talking and being like, oh, whoops. Yeah. Like, Before the podcast. Yeah. We didn't even turn the button no, on yeah, for like 30 like, minutes. Stop, stop, stop. <laughs> Um, so it means so much to have you part of this and I, so I I'm honored you asked me. I can't wait in like 10 years or something when you're like, have, you know, all those awards sitting up next Ew, to you no. and I'm like, remember when we sat and did this and in front we of my talked complicated about this puzzle. in front of a friggin' thousand piece jigsaw puzzle and your puppy in the rain in your house. It's just, it's going to be I a memory you. for me. Please promise that you'll have me back at all in 10 years. Absolutely. Great. Love you so much. Love Thank you so much. much. Thank you. Mwah. Oh, Julia, I love her so much. Thank you so much for being on the podcast, Julia. You can find her on uh, Instagram at Julia Bicknell. That's J-U-L-I-A-A-B-I-C-K-N-E-L-L. Also, Queer and Art Podcast is on Instagram at Queer and Art. Uh, that's spelled Q-U-E-E-R-A-N-D-A-R-T. That's Instagram. Also on Facebook. You can also find us on Sammy Girl Productions, on my Facebook and Instagram, at Frankie Craft. Please make sure to subscribe, comment, rate, share, all that jazz. It's really important. We want to keep this ball rolling. So thank you for listening. The music by Joey Polari. This podcast is brought to you by Sammy Girl Productions. See you next time.